This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back into our second segment of Inside Black and Gold, joined by the voice of the Saints, Mike Haas, along with our guy in Las Vegas at the moment, but he's here right now. Time traveling. Time traveling. Yes, Jeff Nowak. Guys, we are getting ready for the NFL draft. Just counting down uh, to the Saints are on the clock with that 29th overall pick. And they've made, obviously, a lot of moves this free agency uh, to kind of, you know, s- supplant the, the the roster at the moment, making some moves along the defensive line. Running back was huge. But what do you at least think, Mike, would be the biggest need going into this uh, year's class right now uh, when you look at it, is it still defensive tackle, even running back or somewhere else where you feel like uh, is that that most precious get that this team really needs right now? Wow, that's, a, that's an excellent question uh, because they have shored up some spots to where you feel okay, right? When free agency opened and Shai Tuttle and Anya Mata and Caden Ellis and Marcus Davenport, and then, but then when they pick up, you know, Saunders and Shepard, you feel, okay, well, they still need help with defensive tackle, but they're okay. Running back, Jamal Williams, they could still need help at running back, but you feel better. We still, you know, there's some guys on the practice squad. We're going to lose Alvin, uh, wide receiver. You feel better, but they could use. So I think, and safety, they pick up, you know, they pick up a guy, but they, they lose Justin Evans, pick up uh, Abraham. And so I, I don't, I think it's going to be, and we don't know what, what their situation is. I, I feel they're pretty good at, at every position enough to where they can kind of go. Maybe it's linebacker, maybe losing Caden and, you know, Demario Davis, you know, I don't think he ever, ever gets too old, but, I, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's going to be defense. I'm eventually going to get to some type of answer here. But <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's going to be defense, but I feel like it should be, offense i feel like the issue with some of this team last year wasn't in the defense allowing points it was offense scoring points and so whether that happens i think i'm over 112 on picking who who i think the saints will pick in the first round but i do believe because of their offseason moves they're they're in a pretty good position where they don't have to take a safety they could don't have to take a quarterback. They could. Don't have to take a linebacker. They could. Don't have to wide receiver. They could. You know, other than maybe quarterback and unless they, an offensive guard maybe. But other than a couple of positions, I think every position is open. So, you know, obviously, Mike, you watch this team as closely as anybody have it because it's your job to do so. Um, 
did this strike you as a team last year that was a piece or two away? Because I think that, to me, is the biggest question as you enter this draft. Are you drafting as a team that thinks one or two more pieces can get you to a Super Bowl, or are you drafting as a team that is still building and maybe is a, a year or two away from being that roster? Because when you look at teams like the Bucks, who are just going as fast to the bottom as they can, you look at a team like the Panthers, who's kind of in the middle, right? They trade for tra- traded for Jeffrey Okuda this week. They're clearly still trying to win despite not having that quarterback. Where do you see the Saints fitting in? Because I feel like that does have to inform your draft strategy to some extent. So I, I look at it two ways. I look at kind of where we were at the beginning of the season and that roster. And at that juncture, given that roster, yeah, I felt like they were a player or two away. Now, when you lose a Mike Thomas and a Jarvis and a Marshawn, and I don't mean for a couple of games, I mean the majority of the season, then now, yeah, you're way than a, more than a couple of picks away, a people pieces away. But here we are again as we start this offseason. I think they're better at quarterback. I think overall they're better at running back. Mike Thomas, I think you're better at wide receiver position. So if, you, if you're able to keep these guys in the fold, and not, you're going to lose people, but the Saints didn't just lose people. They would lose them for eight weeks. And then, like Mike Thomas, IR. I mean, th- their injuries were – were so severe up and down the, the road. I still believe with the current roster that they have, given the situation with the NFC South, I do believe they're just a couple of pieces away. Uh, they were a couple of pieces away from making the playoffs last year with, with everything that they went through. So everything staying healthy, which is impossible, but health being miss a couple of games here, a couple of games there, miss eight or nine, with with your with your core players, no, they got they, they have no chance. But no, I do believe with the roster they have right now and the picks that's coming up and where they are in the NFC South, and yes, they are a couple of pieces away from the playoffs. And once you're there, who knows? Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. Of this team being a contender, I, I felt they were right there too last year. Obviously, with this NFC South being such a big question mark, and and obviously, yeah, still another huge uh, unknown this year when you look at every other team at their quarterback position. Why why can't this Saints team uh, be the, the top dog in the NFC South this year? Your opinion on this upgrade, you know, with Derek Carr, a lot of folks kind of wishy-washy, I guess you would say, on the addition. But for me, it was when you look at the names that were out there, too, that are available for this roster, I, I think he's a clear upgrade over a guy like Andy Dalton. I do too, and I think I, I like Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton was never supposed to be the guy, right? He didn't go right. into training camp getting the bulk of the snaps. He started in week four and continued on. So I, I do believe, given Derek's style of play, given his relationship with Dennis, given what he can do offensively, uh, mentally at the line, according to what we've been told, and Pete Carmichael and 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 coaches that have come before him, that it is a clear upgrade. And if he can stay as healthy as he has been in his career up to this point, that's a huge get. So I do believe, to me, kind of what happened as soon as Derek Carr got signed, he was the domino. First off, there were no other – there was nobody out there uh, beyond really Derek Carr that would have moved the fan needle at all. I thought he was a, a clear upgrade there. And then and then the domino started to kind of fall into – into place as soon as Derek Carr signed with other teams getting their quarterback signed. And then I think there's this 
somewhat unbelievable early run on quarterbacks of, in, the, in the draft. Now, typically this would happen late. If we just sat in the middle of the college football season last year and talked about Stroud and Richardson and uh, uh, Alabama quarterback and drawing a complete bank. Uh, yeah, right. And, and, and uh, Will and those four guys and said, hey, they're going to be one, two, three, four. Now, they might not. But the fact that we would have that discussion, we just said, no, this is a poor quarterback class. Everybody seemed to have just been – they started freaking out. And usually this happens in the last week prior to the draft. But I, it just feels like this was never a strong quarterback draft. And so as far as I'm concerned, the Saints got the best of what was out there. Uh, if they had picked up Baker Mayfield, that would not have moved the needle. So I think their car, given what he's done – given his health, given his relationship with Dennis, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I think the big one is, too, with health, an issue that uh, hopefully travels with him to New Orleans uh, with Derek Carr being able to to be that rock for the Raiders all those years and not having any issues. And I'm definitely interested to see, you know, we heard from Archie Manning recently, too, that, you know, he believes Carr's coming here with that chip on his shoulder, kind of reigniting whatever fire was it with him, with him and uh, him again. And I think that's a great point, too, just because of, you know, being kind of tossed aside and maybe being reunited with Dennis Allen does something. They didn't really get to to get that match together going in in, in Las Vegas or, or Oakland, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I, I go back to what was said almost initially when this started to come up, and that was his ability to – go to the line with two or three plays, and I'm not going to mention number nine because that's an unfair comparison, but to go to the line with two or three plays that he was able to do with Gruden, make changes at the line, and that was more of his strength. And I remember the day that he signed and we interviewed him at Saints camp, and I was like, well, it's not – that ability is not a facet of this Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton, Dennis Allen offense – it's whether it is successful or not. It's not a, a part of it. It's if it's not if you can't do that, it's an unsuccessful offense. If you have the ability to do it, you have the chance uh, to make it very successful. And he loved that um, responsibility. Say that's what he did best before. That he was not doing that in most recent years uh, in Las Vegas slash Oakland, but he was. He has that ability, and everybody I've talked to says he has that ability, and that that changes things. Because that's the Saints offense that it's built around to have two or three plays in a said call out of things, call into other things on the fly. And if he can do that three quarters as well as number nine, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I think it's an interesting scenario this season. And you know, if you, I'm sure if you flash back to two thousand what was Breeze's first season? Two thousand six? Right. Right? If you flash back to two thousand six, you're probably six. having similar conversations oh, about you know, is he the guy? Is he the long-term answer? Can he overcome, you know, that start to his career that was kind of underwhelming and be the franchise quarterback in New Orleans for an extended period of time, right? You don't want to, you know, this past two seasons, you you know better than anyone. You've having to learn all these names and all these background facts about five, six different oh, yeah. quarterbacks every season, and that's annoying, but it's kind of the fact of life and you don't have a quarterback. And so does it feel to you like this is another yeah. run at, a long-term answer or is this a stopgap? Cause that's the question to me is, is Derek Carr a guy you anticipate seeing in the Saints Jersey for 
three seasons? Or is he a guy you anticipate seeing in a Saints jersey for the remainder of his career? And I, I think to me, as long as Dennis Allen is here, Derek Carr would be that guy. And I just, I find this to be an interesting kind of, you know, inflection point in Saints history, similar to how it was with Drew. That, that's an example of it working perfectly. You know, what do you kind of see going over the next year and a half? Like, what do you expect or what do you want to see from Derek as he kind of tries to cement that? Because I think that's something he's going to have to wrap his hands around. Yeah, the difference in of 06 and when Drew got here, first off, Drew was not, I mean, the Saints were really, you know, Miami passed on him. He was damaged goods. He wasn't, you know, he'd had a, a huge questionable uh, shoulder injury. So there was not, you know, when he came in and signed in March, it was, whoa, we've got Drew Brees. Right. He was like, oh, let's see how this, you know, but that, the fact of the matter is we are seven months post Katrina. The fact that we were having football was beyond we didn't care who was quarterback we were going to play football in 06 it was it was unbelievable but it wasn't i don't i don't i think it's a little different for for car because he has a manager and he's had a pretty pretty solid career but you're right to me this is dennis allen's team these are his coaches these are the way he wants to have the defensive coordinator situation these are his people this is his quarterback you know, and so I think he's going to get judged way more harshly on this group than he did last year. But I think this team will will be better. And I I I believe, yeah, Dennis Allen's career is one hundred percent tied to Derek Carr. If Derek Carr comes in and he's a bust, then guess what? I don't think the Saints are making the playoffs, and I don't think Dennis Allen is able to survive that many more years. I think Derek Carr has proven that he is a stable, healthy quarterback that can run an offense. Now, he didn't play very well in that, that week game. Was that week eight? Uh, you know, October 30th uh, against the Saints, but the Saints defense played very well that day. But I just, I feel like it's, it's. I don't have any any comparisons to 06, just a different different animal. But I do, if you ask me right now, is he, th- I mean, you know, the difference between him being a three-year quarterback and him finishing his career Probably in that many years, right? He's not. He's not. He what is he, he's turned in a birthday in March. Turned what thirty one, thirty two. So uh, you know, three, four, five years. I I do believe he'll finish his career here. So what what would you you know in terms of considering this year a success? Yeah, Derek Carr is thirty two. By the way, um, what would the Saints have to do this season? What would their right. kind of final record be? What would their final result have to be? For you to deem year one of the Derek Carr era a success, it's got to be playoffs. I don't. I don't give. A, I don't think anybody gives a rat's patoot about what the what the record is, nor would they have mm-hmm. last year. You know, to me, this team has was you know Rams, Niners, and twenty one away from making the playoffs last year. Pretty big run, but really their season ended in December with the collapse against Tampa where they lost control. They win that game. They're in the playoffs last year. So, but yeah, it's got to end in the playoffs. It's got to, you got to, and you know, first rung on that ladder is always win your division. Win your division, get you a home game and make the playoffs. Anything short of making the playoffs this year because they've been in a win now mentality since 2017 and, you know, had great teams, but, you know, this happened, that happened, and but they're not. They've kind of. I've always said, Steve and I have talked about this. They're kind of tweeners. They're too good to blow it up, but they're not 
quite there. They're not one or two, maybe one right. or two players away. Maybe they are. If everybody stays healthy, they're one or two players away. But to me, this is this is playoffs or bust. You you, you go seven and ten again this year against this division, assuming you know Atlanta, you, you know, is going to have who knows a quarterback. Carolina's going to have a rookie, and and Tampa maybe has Baker Mayfield, and and, and you don't you don't win the division, and you don't and you miss the playoffs. That's that's tough. Yeah, I'm totally right there with that. I don't. I really don't care what they end up finishing in the NFC South. Please just win the division, lock up the the playoff spot because you know it's been two years now where we've been without Drew Brees, and I guess you have to you got to prove you can do it without a guy like Drew. Uh, looking at the draft, though, and you know Jeff and I have talked that, about this a lot. Do the Saints still address the quarterback position, even though they drafted? Uh, well, even though they went out and signed the free agent like a Derek Carr, have a huge commitment to him, but is it still something you're you're looking to build for the for the future, and maybe not the early rounds, but even a like a later round kind of draft pick just to develop a quarterback? You still have Jameis now as a backup, which I'm I'm surprised did end up happening. But I, I was just wondering, do you think like the development of that position needs to happen more within within the organization, just because they haven't been doing that? I don't think this year because one, I think they are all in on Carr, on yeah. Derek Carr, and two, at thirty-two, uh, they don't have the draft capital to, to mess around. Uh, and I just don't. And, and quite frankly, with this quarterback class of, of who you might get in in the in the late rounds, uh, I believe Luton's still on the on the practice squad. I mean, right. If you're going to do that, I don't think you do it this year. Maybe it's. Hey, we see a couple of years of Derek Carr and go. What's our future here? Um, but no, I don't think I don't think it's this year. I don't, not not in the quarterback, not with this class, and not where other needs that this team has. You tell me. I mean, I've been going over this. You know, running back is it linebacker? Is it a defensive end or, or really just to me? I just look at defensive line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To me, both lines, honestly, is where I, I want to strengthen, whether it's the interior on the O-line or or even the D-line, too. Uh, uh, more so uh, the interior on the O-line, whereas the defensive line, I could see a defensive tackle or a defensive end there just because you've lost the guy like a, a Davenport. We still don't know what's going on with Peyton Turner and his development there, so... Obviously, Cam Jordan not getting any younger, so it'd be nice to put some kind of prime young pass rusher alongside him too, which we just haven't been able to do. Although they've drafted him, <laughs> think of a, yeah, think of the, you know uh, drafting defensive ends. You can't say they haven't they haven't tried. I, I, I don't no, know. I'm with Paul you. I feel like have been more productive, kind of thing. You know, it's a right. little frustrating. For the first time, you know, last year um, and against that in the Baltimore game, that Monday night game. First time I can ever remember a Saints coach or even Mickey talking about we got beat. We got beat physically on both sides of the football. Now Baltimore's oh, totally a very right. physical team, but 
I think you're right. I mean, to if there's from a need standpoint, there's just too many injuries in those positions not to be very deep there. And Andres Pete at left guard, whatever happens there, you've got first rounders and Eric McCoy all across the line. But I still think you, you, you've got to have depth because there's so much injury. There. Same thing with the defensive line. You know, either way, I think they're, if if you made me guess, you know, if, if it was going to be offense or defense, I would I would I feel offense is where they have to go. But uh, either way, those you can get. It's not you know you can get a linebacker into. You know, their draft situation is so much better than it was, you know, when we were talking towards the end of the season. You know, we got to that one point of the season, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, and it kind of was a realization like there is no first round pick. This if this thing in the Pittsburgh game, they were good, they were they lost to go three and seven, and we're like, Holy cow, if this thing implodes, implodes, right. and they could have like the second or third pick, but they ain't got it. It was like, whoa, uh, it kind of changed things. But there's, I feel so much better about where this team now is draft-wise, free agent. I mean, we knew, right? We knew Davenport wasn't going to be on this team. We knew Caden Ellis wasn't going to be on this team. I mean, you don't like losing Anyamata and Shy Tuttle and Contavious Street, but if you add those three, if you add Tuttle and Anyamata's numbers up, I'm I'm happy, but they were individually they were just too inconsistent. They would you'd hear you'd say one guy's name for two weeks, and then I'd mention them for five, and same with the other. So I'm I'm some things you knew were going to happen. We knew you're losing Deontay Hardy. Uh, I'm I'm surprised at how positive I kind of feel about this roster right now on April 11th. Vegas is too surprisingly. They haven't had nine and a half wins. I was like, wow, that was a big right. that was a big shocker to me. But a lot a lot of the the, the free agency grades I saw was like C, worse than the <laughs> NFC South. I'm like, what yeah. what? Like, how is that you know, first off, you have to consider the fact that when they went into it, they were 70 million over, right? And uh and that really has not been their MO. Their MO is to kind of get under the cap. They have to get under the cap, but to, to really have money to play with kind of pre-camp, get into camp and all of a sudden, and, and at the end of camp, pick up guys and during camp pick up guys. Never really kind of where they are now where they've got some some ability. Um, I mean, running back, I, I, you know, I, I, this team has not run the ball well lately and they've not stopped the run lately. So that that is – the only th- the only times this team has done well, really well, 06, 09, 11, 13, 18 have run the ball well, way better than people. Drew gets all the pub that he does, but if you look back at those years and where they were and what they did, they ran the ball well. Well, I think Drew gets some credit. Like, like the run, the quarterback has more to do with the run game than I think a lot of people realize. Because in a lot of instances, it's, you're breaking big runs because the quarterback identifies we need to run the ball here and checks to a run, and then they run. And anyway. But I, I, or or, or the, the the Drew pass game was a run game, right? Right. I mean, I, they were right. the short passes to Colston, and you know, and what, what used to be the the screen to Kamara that you know, obviously the teams have have worked on consistently. That's much harder to do. But there, what you're right, it was kind of a a short pass run game, and, and I believe that Derek Carr can be that kind of guy. Get yourself yeah. in third and two, third and three. Stay out of these third and tens and avoid sacks early 
And don't put yourself in those long situations. This team is so much better at third and three, third and four, third and three, third and two. Then the, the disparity between that and third and five through nine is is striking. Yeah, and I think and I think you you mentioned this earlier, and and I think Pete Carmichael, when you put him in a position to succeed, is when he doesn't have to call the perfect play. He has to put he puts you in a situation where he'll give you options and you pick the right one because you're the person on the field who has to be able to identify that. And I think that's where there was this, there was this bridge you couldn't get over with. You can't, you can't call the perfect play all the time. And in a lot of instances, he had to call the perfect play or the offense would break down. And to me, that's where you really benefit from having Derek Carr, who's a guy who I think can identify that. But I do want to get back to one thing you brought up in the, Sa- the Saints, more than probably any other team, they get aggressive in the draft almost every year. You talk about why don't they have a first-round pick throughout the season last year? Well, it's because they made sure to go get an extra one, and they did, then they traded it away. And I am curious, as you go forward, I think that they need to start dialing that back. I think this is a roster that if you're going to be as aggressive in the restructures and kind of stretching out this window, you have to have guys on young uh, – you have to have young guys on rookie deals, and they just don't seem to have enough of them littering the roster the way that they probably should. And I'm curious how, how you feel about that. Do you like the strategy of, of going up and getting your guy rather than getting as many darts on the board as possible? Or is this, because I, I do feel like Mickey's not going to stop, not going to stop pulling the trigger on those trades, even though it drives people insane. It's a, that's a good question. So uh, let's just look. I mean, so let's ask ourselves the question. Was Chris Olave worth it? Right. Cause so two, number one, number two, for still for 24, and you moved up to 11, but he was phenomenal. So I, I, I don't, I don't know. That's, 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 a, you know, maybe time will tell, but I, I, you know, they've got eight possible picks, two fifths, two sevens. Uh, there's no way they keep both fives and both sevens. I don't think. Right. Right. Now, there's just, there's, there's, there's no way it's not in, it's not in their DNA. Um, but, but you're right. So they don't, they don't, they are, and, and I give, I say this, if, if, if you know, Kyle Harlan were sitting there, I would say this, you know, with great respect. We are the Congress of the NFL. No one kicks the can down the street better than the Saints and, and, and creatively. But eventually, it's, it's got to catch up to you because you don't have those guys on those, on those rookie deals or so many of them. But, man, I, it's hard to argue with some of the moves they have made now. You can argue with maybe Davenport, and we'll have to wait and see on Peyton Turner because you know moved up for Davenport. But it's hard to say. I don't. You almost have to take him individually, as opposed to to carte blanche as moving up. But this team, they see the guy they want, and I appreciate that. They see the guy they want. They're not waiting, and they're going up to get him, and they're willing to pay. A little bit, sometimes a, a little bit more than maybe some people would think. But who's, you know, who's to say? That's for us, us to say that. Did they have to give that much for Olave? Would he have still been there? What if they didn't get Olave? And got one of the other wideouts. Last year was wideout heaven, but hard to argue with Chris Olave at this juncture. Yeah, to me, every year I keep waiting, Mike, for them to to make that move down and accumulate more assets, and it just doesn't Never. happen. Right. No, I mean, like you said, it's not. They have two in the two in the top forty, three in the top seventy-one. So to me, I mean, that's basically that would be if you kept all thirty-two in their right positions, that'd be three. 
out of the first 96 instead of three out of the first 71. You, you can make some some valued picks there considering there's not with Carr, with what they've done on the defensive line, re-signing Mike Thomas, getting Jamal Williams, you know, Lonnie Johnson, Jonathan Abram. I feel like there's they've shored up enough to where they can go, okay, I don't, I'm not going to say best player available because that drives me nuts, but <laughs> best player for for that position that they feel uh, is a must. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it is linebacker. I, I don't know. I mean, Pete Werner played great. Caden Ellis played great. I mean, you, you, at this juncture, it would be Zach, Demario, and Pete, right? Am I saying that right? Zach Vaughn, Demario, and Pete, if they lined up with three and not two. They play a lot of two linebackers set. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't matter. We could, no matter what we say, we could have a bet and a pool and each get five guys. And I guarantee you, none of us are right. Been doing this a long time. And I never, <laughs> it's always who, wait, what? The, you know. the one year I think the most of the media got it correct was the Sheldon Rankins year. It's like, I oh, think yeah. everybody, pegged, everyone had that one pegged. And I that's got about both it. picks last year. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Really? Did you have a lot of I had a lot and, yeah. and penning. Wow. They had did two have, picks. Did you have, did you have trade? Did, was Olave? I didn't at, have him trading up for Olave. 16, right? Was Olave at 16? Yes. He was, uh, right. when I did my mock, he was available at 16. So, but I did, my last mock was Olave and Penning. I did feel like that was kind of, that, that one kind of felt a little, what's the word, kind of kind of uh, telegraphed in that they need a wide receiver, right. an Ohio State guy, they need an offensive tackle, they have a second first round right. pick, they're going to go take him. It just made sense with the with the need and the availability. But no, I, I agree that, like I would have never in a million years guessed Peyton Turner uh, or, right. or, no, that one, or right. Cesar Ruiz, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Just the way it is. That's why the draft is what it is. It's uh, but to have eight picks and to be have to get back in that first round and to be where they are right now, I think they're in pretty good position to kind of see what whatever they feel is the biggest need. Is it linebacker? Is it is it DB? Is it O line? Is it D line in general? Is it running back? You know, it's 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 hard to say, but they'll be able. To, you know, you know what I noticed, and I know this is way off track, but. I went through the you know the beast uh, kind of draft. Uh, the athletic puts out this. It's called the beast. It's the yeah. most comprehensive draft uh, report I've ever seen. Is go look at it and look at the ages of the kids that are coming out in this draft. It is, I mean, obviously COVID. You know the extra year, the transfer order, and all that stuff played into it. There are more 24, 25, and 26-year-old kids in this draft than I've ever seen, ever. They're just so much older now than before now. The, the, the top few quarterbacks know that. Like, I think Hendon Hooker is 26. He's 26 years old, right? Kid out of Georgia is 20, 26. They're just, just look at it. On the right-hand side, it's just to me, I was like 22, 23, 24. I was like, wow, you know. So COVID and and that that transfer portal have, have changed. You know, I'm not saying they're more mature; they're older, but uh, it's just it's it's really interesting to me that the ages of these kids are coming out as opposed to maybe five years ago. That's the voice of the New Orleans Saints joining us, Mike Haas. Always appreciate the time, and definitely be talking to you soon. Draft day is rapidly approaching, and man, it's I uh, I think that. The national perception 
might be even more positive than the local local perception of the team this year, which is kind of odd. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, you know, they know the NFC South is going to struggle. Right. right. They know that, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of Baker Mayfield fans on the on the bandwagon. But who <laughs> knows how he'll do? What's Carolina going to do? You know, what's Atlanta going to do? Um, so, yeah. So when it's all said and done, when you look at it, even after the draft, I'm, you know, I don't know how we'll grade out. The Saints will grade out. But what those other two teams do uh, is going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year. And then we'll find out soon, kind of, you know, by mid-May, early May, after the draft, kind of the schedule. And that'll, you know, that, that'll play a big factor into it as well. So the NFL's smart. They do it kind of drip and drab you away, and all of a sudden you're at minicamp. So I can't wait. Definitely. And again, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for joining Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, man. Gentlemen, enjoy. Thanks.